Congratulations, Deontay Wilder. He has now made 10 successful defenses of his WBC World Heavyweight title. Sounds great. His fans are running around, putting his name up in lights next to some of the longest reigning heavyweight champions in history, the likes of Muhammad Ali, Joe Lewis, Lennox Lewis, etc. However, before you break out the champagne, let's have a closer look because sometimes things are not always quite what they seem at first glance. Of Deontay Wilder's 10 successful world title defenses, on the left are the fighters he's beaten. Berman Stavern, Eric Molina, Johan Duopa, Arta Spilka, Gerald Washington, Luis Ortiz twice and Dominic Brazil. On the right are the fighters he hasn't beaten. Vladimir Klitschko, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, Joseph Parker, Andy Ruiz, Dylan White, and Alexander Povetkin. Now you tell me which list is stronger. Is this a guy who sought out all of the toughest competition out there, like unifications with fellow champions and fights with top contenders? Or is this a fighter who's been very carefully managed and is stuck to his little corner of the heavyweight division, racking up wins over mediocre opposition? You let me know what you think. But for me personally, facts matter. Oscar Bevis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here at MS Bank Arena in Liverpool for the Callum Smith vs John Ryder fight. And fighting on the undercard in the British title eliminator, Mr. James Tennyson. First things first, what a bloody scrap that was. What a scrap, you know, people say I'm never in a dull fight, but you know, they say I tapped them, it was a good scrap. Craig Adams won tough cookie. What do you make of the stoppage? Because when the ref stopped him, it looked like he wasn't defending himself for a couple of shots and then he seemed disappointed a couple of seconds after. I think the last few shots, I landed a, lot of, I landed a few heavy shots and I don't think he really, didn't really return nothing from the last couple. I think, to be honest, I think it was a first stoppage. I'll have to, I'll have to go home and watch the pack, but yeah, I think it was a first stoppage, so can't take nothing away from Craig Adams, he's a tough man. What did you think going into that round the score was? To be honest, I'm up? not sure. I'm not really yeah. sure. It was tight, you know. I got a wee bit carried away at the start whenever I had him down, but you know, that's not happens, boxing, I got the win. Do you feel like you were pushing more than he was to get the stoppage? Because he was trying to throw big shots, but it seems like you were landing cleaner. I think he was more, I think he was more just, he was, I think it was making it work, you know what I mean? It was in his face and it was, he had to work, so he did. British title eliminator, of course, the British is held by Joe Cordina. Um, not quite sure what sort of journey Joe's going to be taking at the moment. Is, is there much that you can tell us from your side? Nothing really, you know, I haven't got a clue, you know, listen, if, he makes, if he's making Widow Kenny performs all right, I'm sure he'll probably stay at Super Fellow, but at the minute it doesn't really matter to me. You see he's fighting in Monaco. I need a new battle, Dan. He's fighting in Monaco against Tonoko, who we know from uh, beating Jordan Gill over here. Yeah. You see that as a good fight? Ah, uh, Joe Cardenas fight twice, I said again. You see that as a good fight, Joe Cardenas against Tonoko? Yeah, I think it'd be a good fight. Listen, if, if Joe Cardenas is okay for the weight, you know, I think he could, could outbox him man, no problem. You know, he's good. He's, Good boxer, good hit mover, so you know, I think he could, uh, I think he could get a handy point win there if he's okay for the weight. Do you want to talk about your 2019? Obviously, after the disappointment of the Tevin Farmer defeat, you sort of had uh, two pretty simple comeback wins, and then you've had uh, two big stoppage wins as well. So, recap your 2019. You sort of please couldn't have gone much better for you, I suppose. I think it was just more moving up weight. I, yeah. 
I was really tight for the, the town farm fight, and the guy's a real slick arbiter, so you know, listen, if you're cut for weight, you're going to be in for a tough night, you know what I mean? It didn't go my way, I moved up weight, I'm from, I moved up, I've been comfortable and I've been back on the road. Okay, um, I believe that's all, anything else you'd like to add? That's it, thank you, man. Okay, James Sennison, thank you for speaking to IFL TV, and uh, congratulations on your win. Cheers. I want you to, uh, can we walk around? Can you ask people's opinions, what they think? Like random people. Um, what? You, you want me to be some, a, a pest to people? Yeah, I want I you to ask people. Phone. You are today, for the next five minutes you are. I don't work for AFL, I got a job. I hold got, it, hold it. I got two jobs. I, I, I don't work for you lot. You do? I'm security tonight. Yo, I've got a question for you. How are you? How you doing, man? You all right? He wants me to ask a stupid question. What's the question? What have you been talking about? AJ Ruiz, what are you thinking? Who, uh, what's that? AJ, Ru AJ Ruiz. AJ all day. AJ all day long. Touch me, brother. All day <laughs> yeah. long. You see? You see? Every day of the week. You see? He's a lover. He understands what he's talking about. Then the security. Boom. AJ Ruiz. Tell the truth. Pussy all. Look at that career. You see? See? Just, just in chorus. AJ Ruiz. Anybody? AJ? AJ? Anybody Ruiz? Andy Ruiz is the guy that beat Anthony Joshua. Who do you think wins? Are you allowed to answer? Man! They're being brief. <laughs> All right, no problem. Yeah. I can't, he, can't he's he's a bully, you know. He's, you messed the meeting up. He, he's terrorizing them. Damn. That's like, that's like the people in coal mines that can't say shit because the boss mess is there <laughs> mess is there going to beat me <laughs> when's Enzo Enzo's there yes come come on Enzo no he knows Enzo knows he's boxing Enzo knows he's boxing just a quick one I don't work for Kulgi I'm just carrying his microphone <laughs> AJ up? Ruiz I think I might have to go for a repeat Ruiz. I want to swear, but his kids are here. Enzo, could you arise, sir? Yeah, let me just ask quickly. He's a thousand percent convinced I've got a made that up. Joshua wins the rematch. A thousand percent. How can he be a thousand percent? Well, I'm not, I'm not a thousand percent. Ruiz Junior wins the rematch. I, ju I just think, I just think he might have his number. I think um, Anthony Joshua breeds on confidence, he but he does look focused. He does look strong. Um, I just think. Ruiz could be that type of fighter that has someone's number. Uh, I don't think Johnny could be a thousand percent like he was when he had a bad knee. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. He's, he's I, the flipper you. No, 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 trust me. He doesn't believe that because after the fight, I say, yeah, I knew that, Adam. Why are you telling me? Tell, tell I, I'm me. just saying. I know how he sways. I know he works. I understand he, he's very, very analytical. Is that right? That's a word. Whoa! About uh, the fight again. But when it comes out, you'll say, yeah, I can see how he did it there. He made a mistake the first time. Oh, I can, I can see how he does it. I can, I can see him. I'm not, I'm not 100% confident. Um, and Josh, I'm not going to put my mortgage on it, but I just think Ruiz is the wrong style for Joshua. I think he throws those counter combination punches in, in bunches. Uh, and I think Joshua now he's going in there knowing he can be beat, knowing he can be beat by this man. And I don't know. I'm going to bring one of my t-shirts and he's putting it on. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> McRinelli. Johnny was, <laughs> <laughs> was right. Again. I'll tell you what, Jimmy Last time, I don't work for you. I'm just holding this microphone. How you doing, Jimmy? You are, man. Nice to see you. He's making me ask these silly questions. Ruiz, Joshua. Who do you think wins? Joshua. <laughs> no, you don't. Look at you shaking your hand behind your back. You're Deontay Wilder's mate. You're always in his... I'm not Mexican. Whatever. You're all over Ruiz, all over jo all over Wild. I'm like, I feel ashamed sometimes. I feel ashamed. You're, you're, you're like dirty. You're like, you should back the Brit, man. Oh, shut up. There's no one more hate than me. She, what? I'm you surprised. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, this is John Nelson uh, signing up for AFL. Uh, oh, come on, man. I've got a real job to do. One more person. You don't need one more person. Let's have a look. Relax. Huh? No, nah, she's doing a makeup. She'll, she'll lose it. She'll lose her mind. No, no. All right, you can sign us out then, Johnny. John Nelson, AFL. Uh, Umar, AFL. Umar, AFL. Umar. <laughs> BAM! Is special. Ooh, Absolute dynamite. Oscar Bevis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're at the MS Bank Arena for Callum Smith versus John Ryder. And fighters on the undercard, one of the Smith brothers themselves, Mr. Stephen Smith. Um, are you sort of relieved to get this year out of the way? You've sort of had your three yeah. fights and now you're looking for the big ones next year? Yeah, definitely. I've got to have a meal of a fight now. Hey. Again, not too fault, don't fault on anyone, just, just for myself now. I think all this um, getting told me before you're on shows and you know training in the gym like a like a key fitter really, because you're just saying I'm one today, you're not in camp. I need to do a proper camp, I'm getting old, I'm just fucking... You realise, you know what I mean, I'm tired, I've got to do it properly, I've got to do it, so a proper camp, proper fight. I'll just see what's there, because I'm never going to know in fights like that, you know what I mean, the kids. Like nowhere near any kind of level, and when I'm in there, I'm trying to land a big shot, so I'm loading up a bit. Nothing's really coming back. I'm getting daft clash of heads, you know what I mean, I'm the main thing you cut, then the end of the day, second round, if he followed me to the corner, I thought I'm cut. Bad clash of heads. I was amazed when it wasn't. To be honest, I'm happy it wasn't. Obviously, no one likes getting them stitches after the fight. But, but yeah, back to the question. I just think I've got to 
I've got to get a fight now and just see, see what's there, see what's not. And um, and I make a decision early what to do in my career because I can't have too many more nights like that where I'm just going through the motions. People are paying money to come watch me boxing. It's a fight where you're never going to lose, but you know how good you really look when you're just beating someone up who's not. You know, does he really come to win when he stand up before the last round? He's got his hands in the air because he's made up. He's going to points. You know what I mean? That's not what I want. That's what what I need. I understand you have them fights early in your career to learn the game, but I'm not going to learn much more now. I think uh, just go for it. See what's left and. If it's not there, it's not there. I was gonna say, I heard you say off camera that uh, just a minute ago that in early in your career you would have been disappointed with that. Oh, yeah. As a part no, of now, it's sort of just getting like you get a on your shoulders. Um, someone in the ring with me at the start of my career, just trying to best both points. I go if I had it to get them out, I wouldn't care where it's today. I was just trying to go, go get them around, just trying to let shots go. Listen, I'm not saying like you know, I went time, I'm not trying to take some of them punches because he was winding me up, he was a proper typical like. You know, sorry, sorry. What I called, what I said to him in the ring at the end is a proper typical shit. I'll show you like, just not for five, for five rounds of the fighting and minutes ago, start swinging, cut talking to me and that. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, round one or two, you're quite as a mouse, tucking up, moving away, and then time touch gloves whenever you can, dropping his head every two seconds. But then, when it comes to a minute ago, he knows he's seen the finish line, he starts talking and wanting to fight. Then I think, come on, that's not a proper fighting man, in my opinion, buddy. Yeah, I got to get got to be carried away at the end, but then I went over. I apologised for corner, and I just said, "Look, forget about it. It's one of them. It's probably a plus for him, and it's a way off for me. It's all it was, really, not more." Your last two fights have been at super lightweight. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that sort of weight-wise where you're looking to be at next I'm year in the big fight fights? Lightweight, obviously. Fight light, yeah. yeah. I'm not doing super feather no more. Yeah, as I've aged, you know, I'm not tired. It gets harder to me. Do I just get older anyway? But. I'm super fed up behind me. I'll fight it lightweight when I get a proper title fight. It'll be a lightweight. It won't be a super fed no more. So I'm just a. I'm not going to make the limit for for, for lads like that. You know what I mean? It's going to be a title fight where I, where I do the proper camp and the proper proper weight limit. When you say title fight, what sort of title will you be looking at early in 2019? And mate, whatever's there, whatever opportunities, man, a position where I can start calling people out. So just perhaps one with a governing body. Yeah, if anyone says, look, there's this international belt about, there's this European. I'd jump at it. I'd love to win a European title and then if I can win a European, I can see whether I can push on for the world honours. If I can't, then I'm, not, I'm, I'm retired anyway. Okay, I just want to move on to Callum. Mega night for Callum. Obviously, mm. uh, build is the homecoming. People are talking about all these big fights that he could potentially have in the future, but of course he's got John Ryder to deal with tonight. Yeah. Um, talk to me about that fight. Of course, Callum quite a big favourite, but um, he's yeah. still got a job to do tonight. Listen, there's not many in the world Callum wouldn't be favourite against. That's no disrespecting John Ryder. Uh, you know, he's on good form. And people keep talking about the form he's on, but uh, he's on good form with Callum another level altogether. You know what I mean? People go on about the knockout when he's on. He's knocked out some good fighters and that, and he's done well. He's done zogging some. Hats off to him, and he has, and he has, he has performed well. But you put them same list of opponents, Callum's five fights, and everyone will be like, Callum should knock them out. And Callum's avoiding people because he's not fighting better opposition. So it is what it is, you know what I mean? For, for, for John, he's, he's performing well, he's boxing well, and he deserves a title shot 100%. No one's ever said any different. But for Callum, we just feel John Ryder's there, and Callum's got much more to, to go on and much more to achieve in the game. So he's the favourite, and rightly so. And you know, he, he's, he's, you want to see the shape of him. He's obviously he's trained really well, and uh, he's a proper perfectionist. He doesn't leave no stone unturned. And I think we're going to see that tonight in the performance. How important is Anfield to Callum? That seems to sort of be like people are talking about the pinnacle of his career would be um, a big fight at Anfield. Look, go and ask any boxer when they turn pro, what's the world title mean to them? It's your goal, and uh, Callum's achieved the world title, and his next goal is to fight at Anfield. It's something he's always wanted to do, but 
you know, the world title's more, more, more important than anything. He's won it. Now, you know, he's won the ring magazine belt. He's number one in the world, so you've got to set more goals, otherwise there's no point in being in boxing. If you've achieved everything, then you may as well go home and spend time with your daughter because there's no point in coming out here and putting your life on the line, getting the ring and having a fight. So he's got to set goals and he does set goals and one of his big goals is uh, unifying the title and then one of his goals is, uh, is Anfield. And whether he goes on then and become, sets more goals to be a two-way world champion, to be an undisputed champion, I don't know, but at the minute he's put two more goals in his head and that's uh, defend his world title in Anfield. Well, he had one uh, defend title in Liverpool, he's done it, but he's doing it tonight. So now it's defend his world title in Anfield and then it's a uh, unified belt. It's special. Absolute dynamite. Oh my There's three rules to boxing. Train hard, eat well, and get your rest. Especially for heavyweights, there's nothing else. Because when you want to start implementing all these different technologies into your game, improvements, 1% here and there, it's a lot of shite, to be honest with you. Andy Ruiz, let's just use him. He's, he's a great example. Mm -hmm. Little fat pig. Comes in on three weeks' notice, yeah. Murdered every donut and taco in the whole of California, yeah. And then goes in with a man who's had a 12-week training camp with every sports scientist in the United Kingdom. And whatever else he's done, he's broke every art monitor in sight. He's done every CrossFit machine. He's done everything totally correct. And he's had the best nutrition and the best diet you can get. But the little fat fella goes in there and bowls him over in seven rounds. Mm. How do all them scientists look at me then and say, this is better, this is how you should do it? Mm -hmm. Because they can't. Because it's still one-on-one -on -one combat, combat and anything can happen. So do you think AJ's wasting his money? <laughs> It's all mental. He looks it's all, good. It's all, it's all in the mind. He looks good on Instagram. I, I believe like you can go all them people, and if you think and you believe mm -hmm. that they're going to improve you, right. then they probably so will. So like a placebo effect. Yeah. But I believe there's no substitute for hard work and, and dedication to the mm -hmm. job. And that's it. And now when, when my nutritionist says, oh, we want you to eat this, that, and over, I say, no, I'm going to have a Mars bar, chocolate biscuit, and a cup of coffee with 10 sugars in, because it's not going to alter my performance because I'm an heavyweight. And if you've got anything to say about it, go and watch the Andy Ruiz anti Joshua fight. Do you know what, Andy Ruiz, you're on about there? This, this rematch that's happening very, very soon, I'm really excited for this. I feel like this is the biggest test of AJ's career. How do you see the rematch going? I see it going pretty much similar to the first fight. Really? Now, I know that they've both lost some weight and whatever, they've had more time to prepare and they've changed a few things in the training teams and camps mm -hmm. and all that. And they'll have different approaches and they're going to try different game plans. But Mike Tyson said it, and it's very true. Everyone's got a great game plan until they get punched in the face. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. You can be working on something for ages and then you work on it, work on it, work on it, and you get tagged. And that's it. You go back to how you once was and you want to fight. And that's exactly what I see happening. Because AJ, a lot of people forget that, but AJ did drop Ruiz first. But it, yeah. was, it was at that point that the real fight started almost. Yeah, that's and, true. And do you think that Ruiz is just too good of a technical boxer for him? I, I don't believe he's too good at anything because heavyweight boxing, they're both big, strong men and okay. they both can knock each other out, as we've seen. But what it is with me, what my opinion of that fight is, 
he beat him once and knocked him out, so he's got a mental edge going into the rematch. Right. For whatever excuse they made or whatever the problem was in camp or in the changing rooms or whatever, you're going into that mentally beaten already because you've already been knocked out by somebody. Mm-hmm. So if we go outside now and you knock me out, yeah, but I think I'm, a, I'm a, some big great boxing champion and I get flattened, yeah, then I've got to be thinking about that going into the rematch, haven't I? Mm-hmm. Or if you say, right, we want to fight you again, and I say, oh, okay then, just because I'm forced to, mm-hmm. I know in my mind you've already chinned me. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I try and make up, or I got the flu, or I wasn't looking at that time, I wasn't ready, or whatever. I know you've already knocked me out. So the mental side, of, I believe boxing is 95% in the mind anyway, and 5% fitness and nutrition mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So yeah, I think when, when you've already been beat by someone and it wasn't like it was a lucky punch that knocked him out. Like you see Lennox Lewis got knocked out by Rackman and Oliver McCall. Yeah. He was winning the fights and he got chinned. That's it, fair play, everybody mm-hmm. boxing. He come back and he, he won them in the rematch. Joshua wasn't winning that fight. I didn't give him, I didn't give it, I may have given him one round out of the seven. It wasn't like Is that the style of, of Ruiz? That's just too much, uh, too difficult for him, do you think? Everybody has a bogeyman right. in, in the career. And whether you find him or not, everybody's got one. Really? Like, I remember when Tony Thompson knocked out David Price and he tried to rematch him. That was his bogeyman. He found him, lost twice. Yeah. Um, I remember when Tony Thompson did it to Solis as well, the great Cuban that was going to be mm-hmm. a world champion. Found his bogeyman and beat him twice. And I, I, I think personally, he may be the bogeyman for him. Who knows? But listen, that's what boxing is. That's why it's an interesting fight. That's why we can all watch it whenever it is December. Tune in. It's funny it. that um, Ruiz called you out all like a lot of years ago. Uh, I think it was on IFL, actually. And uh, now we might actually end up seeing that at some point. Do you, how do you see yourself matching up with Ruiz? Because he has got an awkward style. It's awkward style, but he's tailor-made for me. It's, he's, he's a six foot one or two and squat, leaning forward. Really? Yeah, that, that style is easy for me. Is that like the Chisora thing? That's that Chisora style, yeah. isn't it? Is he any better than Derek Chisora? A good Derek Chisora on a good night? I don't think so. I handled that quite comfortably. Closed my eyes, actually, some of the times. <laughs> One hand behind my back and stuff like that. Mm. You know, that style is easy for me. Yeah. It's easy for me to just jab and move. Like Klitschko would, would make easy work of um, Ruiz because that style for him is easy. Really? That, that stature, that, that style, he's fought loads of them. I've fought loads of them all my career. <clears throat> the average size heavyweight is six foot one, two, mm-hmm. three, seventeen, eighteen stone. Mm-hmm. And they swing hooks and throw one twos. But it's the ones that are awkward and gangly or different style that, that people struggle with. The, the, the conventional styles are always easy to beat. Do you think you'll have a fight, uh, AJ? Depending on how he gets on in his rematch. I'd love that. I think it'd be fantastic for Britain. It, it would be, but it won't be in this, this contract because I, I, all my fights are in America now. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd have to be after that if it did ever happen. But if he gets knocked out twice in a row, I can't see him continuing, to be fair. Every man does what he wants to do. But I think... I think do you think he'd ret- retire? Well, he, he doesn't need the money. And yeah. two knockout losses is a shattering uh, to, your, mm-hmm. to your career. But... It, it would be up to them, whatever they do. But I've got three fights left, so whoever them three fights are, I don't really care, to be fair. Line them up. Whoever's the best at that time, let them fight me. That's it. Floyd Mayweather versus Roberto Duran. <laughs> 
God, you throw me right in there. Um, that's a tough one. That is a tough one because obviously you've got the blueprint that Mayweather would use is obviously uh, Duran Leonard, the second fight. Um, plenty of movement, great feet, exceptional jab, smart defense. Um, it's all a case of whether Duran would be strong enough to, uh, to, to well, or should I say, would Mayweather be strong enough when Duran gets to him? Um, that's a really tough fight, that is. I would, I would perhaps lean towards Mayweather on that one. Um, I'm not one of these that thinks that Mayweather's the greatest of all time and everything like that, but I think in this particular fight with, with this particular set of skills um, and the blueprint that Leonard showed, I think Mayweather would pull it off. Tim Bradley versus Ricky Hatton. That's a good fight. That's, it's not a fight that you think of, or not certainly not one that I'd think of. Um, at 140, both at the peak. Bradley's very underrated. Very underrated. Um, I'm thinking the Hatton of, of the Hatton of Costa Zoo. Yeah, I think I think Ricky Hatton would beat him. I think the intensity um, and the drive that he's got, very underrated with his, how he manoeuvres his opposition's gloves. Um, his el the elbows, just just creating those little gaps. Um, I think Hatton beats him, yeah. Roy Jones Jr. versus Marvin Hagler. Oh, oh, that's a fight. Listen, Roy Jones Jr. for me, I'm a little bit biased because I love Roy Jones Jr. Um, Marvin Hagler is a great fighter, great middleweight, great fighter. But I think the feet. The, the, the athleticism of Roy Jones, the punch variety of Roy Jones, and the sheer speed, both of his hands and feet, Roy Jones all day. Unbelievable, unbelievable. He's a guy, I remember um, when I first started coaching, when I was boxing, we used to be VHS kids, VHS. VHS videotapes, we used to get them from America. Um, I just used to study Roy Jones. He's he's a legend. He's he's one of my all-time favourites. Guillermo Rigondo versus Naoya Inoue. Wow. I think Rigondo, at his best, at his peak. Okay, we're looking at him now. Is is an old man now and he's been an old man for quite a long time still performing um, Inoue's he's very powerful very fast but he's more predictable um, Rigondeau can, can suss his whole movements uh, his attacks um, and also Rigondeau's feet were exceptional the angles it, 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 it offset um yeah, and, and his blistering hand speed, at his best, his hand speed is unbelievable. And he can punch as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with Ring on that. I think you know he's a great fighter, and he's going to probably go on to be a, 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 you know, a, one of the greats um, of all time, possibly, you know, among the fighters of the lightweight divisions. But um, yeah, Ring on for me. Vasil Lomachenko versus Juan Manuel Marquez. Lomachenko all day. 
all day. Um, Marquez is a very good fighter, but again, he's um, he's clever and he's subtle in what he does. Um, but he is a little bit for I'm not saying for everybody, but for Lomachenko, you can't be one two-dimensional. You need to have a lot of different dimensions to your game. Um, and I just think that Marquez, he likes things at his own pace. He likes to to, to, to watch you and, and, and watch you make mistakes, make, make, make mistakes. You can't do that with Lomachenko. Um, I think Lomachenko wins that, and, and I think he wins it quite quite easily, comfortably. Terence Crawford versus Julio Cesar Chavez. Oh, that's a fight. Do you know what? The younger generation, when, when they're talking about great fighters, I don't think they go far back enough to, to appreciate Chavez Sr. What a fighter. What a fighter. Um, I remember he'd, he'd, he'd get in with... I mean, I remember him smashing up Greg Augen in, in uh, I think it was in front of the Azteca Stadium. And that was a real grudge match. But he would fight guys that would literally good fighters, good boxers, slick, good legs, run, run, run. First three, four rounds, and they'd be running, 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 and he'd just be walking him down. He'd catch him on, on hands and gloves, just in his little rhythm as he's walking forward, and he'd just be sinking this left hook underneath, underneath constantly, constantly, constantly. And then after about five, six rounds, you'd see these guys' legs just gone, and they just start holding their legs. Once they started holding the feet, it just steamrolled him. He was a great fighter, a great fighter. Um, broke my heart when he beat Meldrick Taylor. I was devastated. I mean, I'm a Chavez fan. But I was devastated when he beat Meldrick Taylor. Um, Crawford, for me, is that slick fighter. You know, he can, he can box. He's an old-school fighter. Um, switchy, the southpaw orthodox. Um, but you can hit Crawford. Um, and I just think, I think Chavez would get to him. And I'm a massive Crawford fan, but I, I think Chavez, at his best, he was an absolute beast. You're talking about guys that boxed, consistently boxed good names, top line fighters, top fighters of every different style, consistently, regularly, and kept doing it over and over again to cement the legendary status. Crawford, he's our breed of legendary status he but he's not fought the names yet he's not fought at that elite level yet so we can only go on what the potential of Crawford is and the level that he's fought at which has been a good level but not great Chavez fought consistently at great level um yeah Chavez for me George Foreman versus Larry Holmes Larry Holmes because of his jab um again when people are talking about great heavyweight fighters, um, we're quick to talk about Lennox Lewis's jab and how, how phenomenal that was. But we don't seem to go far back enough and give Larry Holmes recognition. I don't think Larry Holmes got the recognition that he deserved, um, probably because he beat Muhammad Ali and, and, and all that, where, you know, coming to one, one man's end of his career, a legend's career coming towards the end and, and, and he beat him up. Um, I don't think people seem to have, have caught fire with him. Um, but then, if we're looking at, for me, if you're looking at the best jabs in heavyweight boxing history, I struggle to find somebody with a better jab than Larry Holmes. So, just basically on that, I think you could, when you look at what Foreman was, Foreman was heavy-handed, unbelievable strength, brute force, but 
Larry Omza jab would have picked that apart and then his right hands are coming behind it and, and the rest of his, his skill set would have come behind it. Um, very underrated fighter, Larry Holmes. One of the, one of the most underrated heavyweights has been for me. But yeah, Larry Holmes wins. Julian Jackson versus Chris Eubank. Julian Jackson. Julian Jackson all, all day. Again, um, Chris Eubank was a good fighter, but you're talking about one of the all-time great punchers. You know, we talk about, um, you know, fighters these days, we talk about, oh, the big punchers, and oh, he can punch, and he's, he's a big puncher. You know, we talk about uh, Charlo's as big punchers, and, and uh, you know, there's certain fighters out there that we say are, are big punchers. This guy used to sleep people. He'd have them on the floor with their arms still up in the air, and, you know, this is different level of, of knockout power. Um, and, and Jackson also, he wasn't, he wasn't the most skillful of fighters, but he, he, he fought at, at the, he fought an elite level, and he fought at the top level in, in, a, in an era where fighters were so much tougher, um, so much, so much better schooled, really. Um, yeah, I think Julian Jackson. I, I definitely think Julian Jackson, and and I'd, I'd fancy him. I know Chris got a, a great chin on him, but you're talking about levels of punching power. And, and I think that's that's a frightening level. And I, and I think Jackson knocks him out. Eric Morales versus Prince Nassim Hamad. <sighs> Do you know what? What's bad is that I was in the gym with Naz and we was talking about these sort of fights. You know, your Morales, your, obviously Brera. Morales, Brera's, people like that. We even, even I remember at the time, um, Mayweather was coming through then as well. And we were talking about all these sort of fights. It's so sad that it didn't get in the mix. Um, Naz against Morales is a that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Um, at his, it's hard to say. At his peak, what I saw, what I saw in that gym, Naz was unbelievable. So I'm going to go on on Naz at his absolute best against the Morales. That fought, that fought Barrera. Um, oh, <laughs> I think the difference could have been the, unorth the unorthodox style of Naz would have found Morales a straight up sort of style and he knew how to deal with with those kind of leverage punches that were, that were quite square on, quite, quite, quite rangy but almost like prodding with the punches, um, elbows a bit wide. I think Naz's power would have been a difference in that fight. I'm, I'm gonna go for all time's sake, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Naz. Mike McCallum versus Canelo Alvarez. Oh, wow. Wow, these are good, these are good. Mike McCallum's one of my all time favorite fighters. Um, the art of body punching, you know, he was a body snatcher, but what, he was a, he was a dangerous animal he was he was a, he had a great jab people underrate his jab his body punching was exceptional he had a phenomenal left hook he was such an underrated fighter um had he not been jamaican and had he been an american fighter i think he'd have been a superstar a proper legitimate superstar in those days but he had to work for everything he got twice as hard because he was just from the little island jamaica um i would say i would say mike mccallum canal's a a modern day great, but McCallum's an all time great for me. 
Gerald McClellan versus Gennady Golovkin. <laughs> Violence! Um, oh gosh. That's tough. Do you know why that's tough? Because Golovkin's not for anybody like a, a G-man. I remember when, I know it was coming towards Jackson's end of his career, but we had that kind of like brute force in Jackson and big puncher in, in McClellan, but McClellan can box. You know, I've I seen um, some sparring footage of McClellan in, in the gym. I think McClellan and James Tony sparring. That That is a classic. Um, anybody that's watching this, YouTube, Joe McClellan and James Tony sparring. Phenomenal. Um, because he's got the boxing ability behind him as well, as well as the bombing, um, I'll go with McClellan. Uh, Golovkin's very, he punches hard. And it's, again, he punches very hard for these days. But McClellan used to sleep. This is a thing. Those kind of fighters back in those days were sleeping fighters. These days we stop fighters. That tells me there's a little bit of difference. And the fact that McClellan can box as well, he's got a good jab, he rips in the body shots really, really well. Um, I think he got a, I think you'd give him an advantage in speed as well over Golovkin. Golovkin's more of the marauding, cut the ring down, you know, walk you down and, and, and bludgeon you. Um, but he'd be getting nailed with some serious bombs on the way in. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Joe McCullough. Marco Antonio Barrera versus Mikey Garcia. Barrera, quite confident in that pick as well. Um, Barrera again was a great fighter, a great fighter. Um, you have to think about, you know, if it comes to people think, oh, Barrera Morales. What about the fights like with Kennedy McKinney and people like that? That man could fight. He could really, really fight. Um, yeah, I, his body punching was, was fantastic. Uh, it was tough. He was stubborn as well. He was one of them that he'd, 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 he'd hit him and he just didn't give a toss. He'd just rip him straight back in. Um, very, very stubborn fighter. Um, very, very vicious fighter. Um, I, had the, I had the great fortune that when I was out in um, Atlantic City with Naz, when Naz boxed McCulloch, they had the, uh, like a little gym set up in the hotel um, and Barrera was, was training in the gym at the time and because I, 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 I was all right, I got on with uh, the Maldonados that were looking after uh, Barrera at the time they ended up looking after Aslino Freitas as well who ended up training in my gym for one of his fights when he fought in, in England um, but I got to watch Barrera on the pads and, and up close and watch him train and while I was just on a bag and that was some experience just to watch him just ripping in combinations effortlessly um coming back to the fight yeah I, I go for i go for Barrera. i think he's is um again uh, yeah, i just think he's a better all-around fighter yeah